0: Support for Wavemakers comes from listeners like you and the Tampa Bay Times. The Pulitzer Prize-winning newspaper is available around the Tampa Bay area and online at tampa Bay.com. Thanks to the Tampa Bay Times for their support.
1: Good morning and welcome to Wave Makers on WMNF with Janet and Tom. A weekly conversation with people making a difference in the Tampa Bay region. I'm Janet. And I'm Tom. And answering the phones for us today is the lovely Irene. If you want to join our conversation... You can call us at 813-239-9663 or send us an email to dj at WMNF.org and you can even text us at 813-433-0885.
2: Today's guest has been making waves for more than a decade, including the past four years as a Tampa City Council member representing South Tampa District 4. He was reelected in April by a 19-point margin over millionaire developer Blake Casper. Tonight, he and his city council colleagues will cast their first votes on Mayor Jane Castor's proposal to raise property taxes by a full mill, a 16% increase. It would be the biggest property tax increase in recent memory and well beyond what other local governments around Tampa Bay area are considering. Bill Carlson, welcome to Wavemakers again. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me back.
1: Um, Bill, you've been one of the most adamant opponents to this tax. Um, and Mayor Castor has said that the city is behind in important transportation improvements and basic maintenance and can't afford not to increase this tax. How would you balance the budget and still meet Tampa's needs?
3: Well, the first thing is that uh, the the four, I call them five things that the mayor mentioned, are, are actually ideas that city council has been pushing for a long time. Uh, we listen to the public every week. We have the public come before us in, in public uh, input, and we've been listening to their ideas. We're out in the community listening to them. And uh, potholes is one of the top things that people complain about. Why is it that the city of Tampa has um, has potholes all over the place? The problem is that the budget for pothole repair has been stuck in the same place for at least four years. So in this administration, there has been no increase in the pothole budget. Last year, I voted against the entire budget in part because uh, the administration refused to increase the pothole budget. And now suddenly the potholes are a priority for the administration. Um, Sidewalks, um, several of us, including you, Janet, pushed for sidewalks four years ago. The administration said, OK, we've got this now and they haven't built sidewalks. Uh, Police and fire. I was pushing last year for 200 uh, new police officers uh, because certain parts of the city are asking for them. The administration said we need zero. Now they're saying 30, uh, but they haven't put it in the budget. And so if we look at the the five things, housing is another one. Uh, the city had about $5 million a year in the in the budget for housing. And we as CRA board put in uh, 20, $23 million a year. Um, so we radically increased the amount of, of affordable housing budget. So city council has been pushing hard on these issues. And the reason why I mention them is some of the mayor's staff have been going around the community saying that we don't support the police or we don't support firefighters or we don't support parks. And in fact, we've been the ones for four years have been asking for an increase in those budgets. And now suddenly they're a priority. Unfortunately, with the increase of one mil, the administration has not even put these things in the budget. Um, And they've not shown how the increase will directly affect them. Um, So there's a lot of questions of the community about this and the community is not convinced.
2: Now this tax, uh, uh, if, if this tax was not passed... Because of the boom in construction that Tampa has experienced in the last year, uh, you would get an extra $35 million, I believe, in additional revenue if the tax rate stays the same. Um, so could uh, the city balance its budget without raising taxes? $35 million more.
3: Yeah, out of and that's one of the biggest questions people ask is why is it that Uh, with all the new construction and and houses being torn down, new houses being built, why is it that the city can't balance its budget? That by itself is a 12% increase. The number that I use is 26 million because that's net of the CRA money. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about that later. A lot of money is trapped in the CRAs. Yes. and um, The
2: CRA stands for Community Redevelopment Districts, and we will talk about that. But yeah, within the the
3: 26 million, we should be able to balance our budget without a historic increase. The... the, uh, Avalorum tax has only been increased once in 30 years, and that was by former Mayor Buckhorn in 2017, raised it by a half a mil. And that was a historic increase at that time. Uh, but with the stormwater tax that was also passed by that administration
2: and other new taxes, it's a huge burden on the public. Um, now, back then, I understand he he wanted even a, a bigger tax increase than— uh, And city council— and city council said no, right?
3: Yeah, and— and again, there was some game and back then about uh, budget information. One of the excuses was that during Mayor Greco's administration, there had been this balloon payment, which the city apparently knew about all that time and never told city council. Same thing here. We've asked for transparency and disclosure of the budget. Our budget advisory committee has asked for transparency on the budget, and we're getting it in bits and pieces, not in enough time to be able to go through it line by line and edit it. But this increase... Would be another forty-six million plus about eight or nine million in CRA money, and um, it's yeah, although they state that there are these five things they want to spend it on, they haven't put it in the budget. For example, they say there would be thirty firefighters. There's nothing in the budget that says thirty firefighters. By asking them more questions, we found out they're actually counting on grants to pay for the thirty firefighters. Well, if they're not telling the truth about putting the thirty firefighters in the budget, how can we trust them on anything else? And we find out that last year they didn't use all the parks budget. So with the parks falling apart throughout the city, why didn't they use all the money? And why is it that they haven't increased the parks budget in this, in this
2: year as well? So the, the, I want to get back to this issue about the police and the firefighters because that was highlighted uh, quite a bit by the mayor and her staff. You know, because, you know, to your point, a lot of people do feel like crime is going up in Tampa, although in some cases it's up, in some cases it's down. depending. And on EMS the
1: responses, uh, people are
2: concerned EMS, about that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but how how can it not be in the budget then if it's being touted as, as one of the benefits? Yeah, so
3: we're, we're going to pay um, one mil more. And if you want to calculate that, everybody should have gotten their trim notice, their transparency notice. But the easy way to calculate it is you take your assessed value of your home and take off the last three zeros. So if your house is 500,000, you're going to pay $500 more. If it's a million dollars, you're going to pay $1,000 more. So what they say is that um, the average person will only pay about twenty dollars more a month. Well, that depends on where your house is. Um, there aren't that many two hundred thousand dollars homes in Tampa anymore. On a radio program the other day, uh, one of the mayor's people was saying it's only going to cost two dollars more per month per person, and that renters don't have to pay for it. But this is going to be an enormous burden on renters because they don't have the the owners of rental properties don't have homestead exemption caps. And so uh, as the value of those homes or buildings go up, the renters are the ones that are going to have to have a burden with this. We already have 50,000 people that need affordable housing and many more who aren't on the list, who can barely get by month to month. And now we're going to raise their um, their costs through a tax. I think it'll be incredibly burdensome on the economy. And we can talk about that in a minute.
2: Now, I understand one of the uh, uh, justifications the mayor has cited for increasing the property tax by a full mill is to fund uh, affordable housing. Uh, is that is that included in the budget? That's one of the
3: one of the stated reasons, but it doesn't appear to be in the actual budget in the documents they've given us. So if they've got it hidden somewhere, um, that would be interesting to see. But keep in mind, out of the fifty three or so million dollars that's been allocated to housing this year, almost all of it has been allocated by city council. And last year, um, a citizen on our um, on our uh, budget review committee found an extra five and a half million. Um, I think it was Lynn Hertak who made the motion to move the $5.5 into the housing budget, and the administration didn't spend it. It's, it stayed in the original budget. Even though city council by charter has control of the budget and we voted to move the money, the administration decided not to do it. So that $5.5 was more than the administration was spending on their own and all housing, and now we as city council have added um, you know, another $40, $50 million on top of it. So if housing is a priority, why didn't they spend that $5.5 last year?
1: If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers on WMNF with Janet and Tom. And our guest today is Tampa City Council Member Bill Carlson. And we're talking about a proposed property tax increase in the city of Tampa that the Tampa City Council will be voting on, casting their first vote on tonight. Uh, If you would like to join the conversation and pose a question to Council Member Bill Carlson, you can give us a call at 813-239-9663. Or you can send us an email to dj at WMNF.com. O-R-G. Um, we do have an email from David Bryant he says this is such a terrible time for a tax increase especially with home insurance rates going so high I wonder whether this tax increase is really being used to pay for that Taj Mahal Government Center being built on H- Hannah Avenue uh, thank you for this discussion and thanks to Bill Carlson for speaking out about this so what about that Bill what, do you see any connection at all between the tax increase and and, and Hannah Avenue and that that is a project that has grown significantly in, in cost um, by, what, tenfold? or Yeah,
3: so just to—I mean, this is a great illustration of what's happened in the last four years or even the last eight years. Uh, uh, former Mayor Buckhorn decided to put a new city office building on Hannah Avenue just north of East Tampa, and uh, that was eight or so years ago. So the city bought property back then, and, and I don't remember how much it was for the property but because that, that was a long time ago. But as it, originally they hired an, an a, um, engineering firm, architecture firm, and construction firm for about $400,000 to look into either renovating the building or rebuilding it. Well, skip ahead to two, three years ago, they took, the city took that contract, which had been dormant for three years, and advanced it. So a $400,000 contract became a $6 million contract. And that was for further studying it and, and, and doing architectural renderings, without
2: going out for a new bid
3: or without going or to an RFP bid. or something okay, so then the next time they came back was one hundred and eight million so if you ask I've asked lots of business people if you had to create a, a, a an office for 500 people, how much would it cost and on the on the low side they say 15 or 20 million on the high side they say forty million. This is one hundred and eight million dollars and the interest on they're going to and the city says well, we're going to bond it out well that means that my kids are going to be paying for mm-hmm. this for the next 20 30 years the interest on that building is 53 million dollars so we have 108 plus 53 million and then i asked how much is the operation and maintenance on it and even 6 months ago they couldn't tell us how much the operation and maintenance was how could they not know that it turns out that it's about a million dollars a year so when you add it all together This is a $220 million office building. In in 2019, in between planning this project, the city could have bought Tampa City Center across the street and rented half of it out and made a profit and used the rest of it to subsidize rent. Now, a month ago, the cost of that building is not $108 million anymore. Now it's $122 million and probably climbing. Hmm. And again, no RFP for any of it except for eight years ago. It's not a way you should spend money... Uh, correctly in a committee.
2: To be fair, the city council did approve those change orders. Right? It, it, it was. It was not as if sh- the, the mayor just, you know, unilaterally, did, unilaterally it. did it. Unilaterally yeah. did it, and well, went what? back to the city council, no. and the council approved those. That extra spending. That, right?
3: that is correct, and and even on the um, I, on the 108 million, I voted for it. And 122 million, I also voted for it. But the reason why is because the city had already made commitments, and this is one of the charter issues that we have to figure out. You can't step ahead of city council and make commitments on something unless unless city council has approved it. And we've got to change that process in the in the future. Once you've already promise the public and promise contractors that you're going to do something, the planning is in place, it's very hard to go back on that because now, you, now you're putting yourself at litigation uh, risk.
1: Um, We've got um, a caller on the line, so let's go to our caller. This is um, Stephanie. Uh, Stephanie, you are on the line. What's on your mind? Um, well,
0: I, my big thing is last year's budget for housing was $18 million, $18.2 million. And this year's budget for housing is $12.4 million.
1: For affordable housing you're talking about? Yeah,
0: for affordable housing, the, 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 the line item number is 12090. So if you're telling us that you need $42 million and you're going to divide it by those four areas that the mayor wants to tout, um, then why have you actually reduced the amount um, that you're going to spend on affordable housing? I would argue that the funds are still there because they've got the 12 point three percent without the without the millage increase um,
2: Stephanie yeah. I, I just want to point out this is Stephanie pointer on the line and, and Stephanie is not only the president of the Tampa homeowners Association uh, which is citywide an uh, umbrella C- association umbrella organization, for organization but you're also a member of the budget advisory board right yes
0: sir and yes, sir. Uh,
2: which is I just wanted to mention that because it's not like you're just a random caller who has never studied the budget you've actually looked at it and the 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 budget advisory board voted against the tax increase. Can you talk about yes, that?
0: Yes, sir. We did. Um, I, and and I can't speak for the entire board, and I can't and I do not speak on behalf of San in this particular situation. But um, the, the, all it was a six to one vote, um, and I think that all the members had their own set of issues. One of the big issues that came up was that nobody on the budget committee knew about it until it was announced at City Council. Um, and so they, they were quite upset about it. I can understand why it wasn't. Um, but I have delved into this budget over and, over and over again, and I'm quite shocked. Um, we want to talk about paving, but the paving budget has been $4.1 million since 2021, and this budget shows it's projected out to continue to be $4.1 million up until um, 2028. So my, I, I don't have a problem with a tax increase. What I have a problem with is not be it's not where people say it's going to be. And, you know, I, I'm sorry, I'm the show me state. The other thing is the mayor got on, on um, a different radio station this weekend, and, and then she told me face-to-face um, that Hannah Street would have cost us 40% more had um, she went through the RFP process. I'd I love to know where those numbers came from because I can't can't imagine after being in the construction industry for this part of my career, um, that's necessarily the case. So what? Um, I have
2: some issues. Stephanie, Bill has a question for you.
3: No, if I, just to follow on that, I heard the the same comment. And the, the issue is that by the time I raised the question, I said, let's stop this. We found out in public comment that they had not put it out for bid. City rules require that you put contracts out for bid. Uh, the, the legal department at the time, and we've got a new city attorney, but the legal department at the time came up with a justification of, as to how it was legal. My own attorney said it wasn't. Nobody so far has challenged this issue. But they c- created a very narrow definition of why it was legal to go from 400000 to $122 million without a bid. By the time I found out that they had not taken it for a bid, I tried to stop the contract. The legal department wouldn't let city council stop it. So then we said... Um, Why didn't you put it out for bid and who made the decision? By the time we brought it up, it may have cost more to put it out for bid because the prices had gone up. But had the city done the right thing in the first place and put it out for bid at different stages, it wouldn't have cost more. That's, again, a misrepresentation of the facts. It, it, It doesn't city council should not have to be the constant watchdog for the administration to make sure that the administration is following the law. In this case, they should have put it out for bid earlier and they did not. And that potentially is costing tens of millions of dollars for taxpayers. And, and so, the
2: larger issue is whether the city really needs that much new office well, space. Think, for, ab- think about workers. this
3: on $122 million, If we save 5% by putting it out for bid, which we would have at least saved that much, uh, if we'd put it out that originally, that would have generated six million or so dollars. Think about what, how many sidewalks we could have built for that. Think about that would have doubled the road budget. It would have doubled the parks repair budget, but they didn't do that. Instead, they're just spending for all we know, that park that, I mean, that building is going to come back at 140 or 150
2: million at some point. Well, so, uh, you know, when I moved to Tampa in 1980, I was a young reporter covering Bob Martinez, who was the mayor. And, uh, he, was also uh, mayor during a boom time. Uh, A lot of construction downtown, West Shore, um, and he spent money to build a new performing arts center, built a new zoo, uh, but he also cut taxes. I think he may have cut taxes, the tax rate, every year. Just a little bit, but he never raised taxes. And I think one of the big differences between then and now is the existence of these community redevelopment districts. Stephanie, I don't know if you're still on the line, but I know this is an issue you've been talking about as well. Uh, Community redevelopment districts are areas that are considered blighted, and the government wants to encourage development there, so they agree to put money back into those districts uh, whenever there's an increase in the tax base for that district. So now what we have is uh, eight community redevelopment districts uh one of them in downtown Tampa, which is hardly blighted, and the channel district, which is w- glittering and i i yeah. can 't even imagine finding any blight there, so I know bill, you have uh tried in the past to what cap the downtown and channel district uh, can you really yeah, the, cur- the current
3: the current estimates are um the channel district. CRA is gonna generate about twelve million and the downtown one's gonna generate something like thirty-one million a year. Um, so together close to forty-five million dollars a year. Think again that their road repair budget is 70 said 4.1 or 5 million a year, parks repair budget is about five million a year. So we've got 45 million dollars, nine times that, stuck in downtown and channel
2: district. And so, it can only be spent in those two neighborhoods. Yeah. And
3: and yeah. when they were created, the idea was to promote development. In the Channel District in downtown, and that has happened. And so, what we can do is say those were a success, uh, but now that money is needed somewhere else in the city. I spoke to a group recently. I said, "I said, how many of you think that that money, that thirty million a year, would be better spent in Sulphur Springs or East Tampa?" And everybody fought that. There are area, even in South Tampa, there are parks falling apart. There are places where we need sidewalks so kids can get safely to and from schools. And we're not spending money on them because we can only spend that money in downtown and childhood. East Tampa, West Tampa, the other places where we have CRA districts, we need to keep them because uh, we do need to improve those communities. But in places where they worked and we don't need them anymore, we need to put a cap on them. We could move in the short term uh, ten million or $15 million a year and the longer term $60 million or more a year. Uh, think about the whole Water Street project in downtown Tampa, all of that is stuck in a downtown CRA. So the city of Tampa is not benefiting from that at all. We can't use any of that money in the future, billions of dollars investment, we can't use any of that tax to help fix sidewalks or roads anywhere else in the city. We can't afford, We can't use it to spend on affordable housing anywhere else in the city.
1: Can let's talk a little bit more about transportation since you're you're bringing that up and you're talking about sidewalks and we do have an email on that topic. Um, let's start with the email. Um, this is from Tim and he says the administration was recently promoting the tax increase for sidewalks. What is the current status of the um, sidewalk in Luffy? It was missing from the 300-page list of fees provided by the staff in response to the council's inquiry. Um, has it been adjusted to the $75 per linear foot that Vic says it actually costs the city? Okay, so this is a very insider-y uh, um, email, but what basically the... Builders are required to build sidewalks, and if they don't build a sidewalk on new construction, then they're supposed to pay into a fund so that the city can put in the sidewalks um, themselves. And the fee has, I forget what it is, it's maybe 20 some dollars $40 a linear foot, but it really costs the city about $75 a linear foot to put in the fee, so the sidewalk. So the fee does not match um, what the actual cost is. Bill what's the status of that in Luffy that it's not been changed it still is Sef- at what it's which been which has been
2: 2 or 3 years since they they changed the code and said they were going to Stephanie do my Ste-
3: Stephanie follows all the things she'll be my cheap sheet here but I understood that we we passed that a couple of years ago to go to 75 I was trying to make it 150 because it because seventy five does not even include all the built in costs to the city. No, it
1: definitely uh, wasn't. The, it was never. It was never changed. It was never changed. It was something that that was going to come. We were the plan was to come back on that, and I I'm on the board of Walk Bike Tampa. That was something that Walk Bike Tampa advocated for was amending the code, adjusting the code so that builders would actually have to build sidewalks, and in the rare cases where they couldn't, if for example there's a utility in the way or a grand tree, then they would um, have to pay into a fund so that the city could build those sidewalks. So
3: we need to, I don't know how that dropped through the cracks, but um, that we need to put that back on the agenda. It definitely should go forward. But the administration grabbed this idea. One of the things I campaigned on four years ago was building sidewalks uh, to schools and they the administration grabbed that and called it crosswalks to classrooms and then they virtually did nothing on it. They didn't increase the budget. They didn't build any of these. And so we, it, and, and their excuse is money, but in the same time, they're spending frivolous amounts of money on office buildings. We could have built uh, lots of miles of sidewalks and crosswalks had we not wasted so much on Hannah Avenue. Think about just the difference between 108 and 122 million. What is that? $14 million. That. That could have helped us radically change the sidewalk uh, plan in Tampa.
1: And again, referring back to Walk Bike Tampa, and I am on the board of Walk Bike Tampa, and this or, this organization has come out in favor of a tax increase, specifically because of an interest in transportation and safety improvements, safety improvements, bike and pedestrian facilities, and um, the argument there is that the offer transportation tax, sales tax that has was on the ballot. Um, was passed, then rejected by the courts, a long story, then eventually not passed. Um, so, but in the city of Tampa, the city, city residents have voted three times in 2010, 2018, and 2022 Two, um, yeah. in support of taxing themselves to pay specifically for transportation improvements. So... Where does that money come from, Bill, to make those investments in safety, making safety improvements, the sidewalks, the bike infrastructure, the crosswalk improvements, um, when we know that we desperately need investment in that, it's a significant investment that needs to be made. um, And it doesn't look like we have the funds to do that.
3: Yeah, there, um, last year or the year before, our budget advisory committee, which Stephanie sits on, found eighty million dollars in slush funds, or seventy-eight million dollars in slush funds. The administration pushed back and said, "No, no, you can't touch those. You can't touch those." Well, we said, "Why can't we just sweep them?" Um, last year, Stephanie found five and a half million that we could sweep into affordable housing fund, or we could have switched it into um, sidewalks or whatever. For, from
2: where? where, where where's it five and a half million the, dollars uh, in solid, cushions of the solid, couch,
3: solid waste um, uh, department okay. that they needed? They had a, a surplus, so we voted to move it. The administration just decided not to move it, even though we had voted for it. And we vote for these things and they don't necessarily move. So there's money that's sitting in places that we can move back. There's also the CRA money we could get anywhere from 10 to uh, 60 or more million dollars a year by moving downtown and Channel District CRA money back. But the other thing is putting putting contracts out for bid. How could you have a $122 million contract and not put it out for bid again? Fair Oaks Community Center Went from five million dollars to eighteen to forty-one million dollars, and they didn't put that out for bid either. How how could you do that? No no, person running a nonprofit or running a company would spend forty-one million dollars or one hundred and twenty-two million dollars without putting it out for bid.
2: Is is the city council approving that too? Is that is that a project that's, that's moving the, forward
3: the, or the twenty-three million dollar increase has not been approved yet, but the eighteen million was. What happened is that the, just to talk about Fair Oaks for a second, the community came to city council four years ago and said, we've got rats in the ceiling and we've got a building that's a fire trap. We want to replace it. So we, as the CRA board held a public meeting and about a hundred people showed up. Uh, the mayor sent a video saying, I'm going to spend the uh, $375,000 to renovate it. And the room booed because they didn't want to renovate it. They wanted a new building. So we, as a CRA board led by council member Gudes, uh went back and, we pushed for a new building. We figured it would cost about $5 million. The administration delayed, delayed, delayed. And then a few months later they said, well, it was always our idea. Remember they had pushed the budget for renovation, not a new building. Then they said, we want to spend $18 million for a regional park. It was always our idea to do that. And so we said, okay, East Tampa deserves it because East Tampa has not had proper amenities. So we approved the $18 million. But a few months ago, in fine print, at the bottom of our presentation, I saw that the price had gone up to $41 million. And I said, have you all gotten city council approval on this? And they said no. And then my new colleague, uh, 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 Council Member Henderson, said, well, the community's been promised this. The community's been promised $41 million. So I asked the staff, has the community been promised $41 million? And they said yes. And I said, how could you do that without asking city council permission? You, you don't have the right to spend the money. By charter, the administration cannot spend money without city council approval. But now they promised the community that they would spend the extra $23 million. Think about all the other parks in East Tampa that are not going to be renovated because of this. If we had given the community a choice, you can have $41 million for one park, or you can have $18 million for one park and 23 for all the other parks in East Tampa. What would they have chosen? But at the very least, they should have put it out for a bid because we would have saved money.
2: So this touches on uh, sort of an area that the, the Tampa Bay Times mentioned in their editorial, uh, which uh, they published online yesterday and you can find it today. They are against the tax. And they cited uh, misspending by the Castro administration as one of the reasons. Um, but if you're going to uh, pass a budget, it has to be balanced. Is the mayor saying to you, this is a take-it-or-leave-it deal, Is one mil or nothing, or, and or are you expected to cut the budget? What you, and what are you going to do? You, well, can, you can either cut the budget, cut her spending plan, or try to find ways to generate more revenue.
3: Two, two weeks ago, our, our committee that Stephanie sits on asked for a budget without the increase, and the administration refused to give it to them. So I made a motion just after that at city council, which passed, I think, unanimously, to ask for the budget without the increase. And uh, Thursday or Friday last week, the administration sent out this smarmy email saying, well, to do so would be for us to arbitrarily cut things without going to the public and without public oversight. All that is BS. The reality is they know they probably have this budget already done. They know what they're going to negotiate for. The five things they promised aren't even in the budget being paid for by the increase. So there's a lot of transparency issues here. Um, And so what we need to do is... Is, uh, is figure out what we're going, going to do going forward. If we approve the budget, if we, if we disapprove the increase, then what they're saying is we've got to go cut, um, which we'll end up doing if we need to. And that's
2: what you're voting on tonight, right? There's yeah. a public hearing, and at that public hearing or after the public hearing, the city council will be setting the tax rate, correct?
3: The, we'll be setting the tax rate and voting for or against the budget. Now, just to talk about it politically for a second, I've been openly against this. I don't know how my colleagues are going to vote because of sunshine rules, but <clears throat> but I've been openly against this because I think it hurts poor people. I think it will hurt our economy. It could be the tipping point to send our economy into free fall. If you want to see how badly our economy is doing, go to tampascorecard.com. St. Pete, which is a very progressive community, has cut their Avalorum tax, I think, four years in a row. and. This, and because of that, they're, because of all the things that they have, their poverty rate's been going down, their uh, per capita income's going up, their their housing ownership rate is going up, and Tampa's is, is flat. During the greatest economic boom in American history, Tampa's numbers were horrible because we focused on the wrong economic development and we didn't spend uh, money wisely. We wasted money on $12 million boathouses instead of—that uh, was before I was in council, but we did that instead of repairing roads.
2: Well, they're also talking about higher—well, they're— the, the Times, same editorial that I cited uh, just now, uh, also mentions uh, the n- number of uh, employees. Uh, the, the the mayor's budget calls for four thousand nine hundred and fourteen employees, four hundred and fourteen more than when she took office. Uh, Stephanie, I know your the budget uh, uh, advisory board has talked about this. What what are your thoughts on on these salaries? Analysis of the top basically
0: the 96 top employees in the city of Tampa. And um, of those 96, 51 of those people are going to receive in this budget a 10% plus increase in salary. Um, I I don't know where, what model and what business model anybody um, allows that to... You can't tell me that you... Have half of your half of your people who work for you are so absolutely stellar that they deserve a ten plus percent increase. Um, that's one point uh, four million dollars of the budget right there.
2: Now you've um, also mentioned uh, parks and recreation fees uh, as yes, a, a yes. S- source of generating more revenue. Can you talk about that?
0: Um, well, with it, parks and rec fees. Okay, so the the page, the document actually has six hundred pages worth of fees. Um, and it came out the same day as the budget, so it didn't shine like it should have. Um, those 600 pages of fees, if they doubled every fee on there would be about 65 million dollars. Now of course, the city can't double those fees, but that's a, that's a good indicator of how much the fees are kind of ha- have really been neglected by the city.
3: And we should um, say that, that that list of 600 was requested by Stephanie, the budget committee, and council member Hertack. It was not something that was volunteered by the administration.
2: Now, I understand Councilwoman Hertek, who is uh, fairly new to the council, but is uh, seems to be going through the budget with a magnifying glass and I understand spotted $2 million in credit card fees uh, that the city yes. pays every year. Um, can either of you talk about these and what could be done about that?
0: Well, if you pay your water bill with a credit card, um, there are no fees charged to the citizens of the people who use a credit card to pay those fees, I see. Um, the, the city eats that, and any any time you pay with a credit card anyplace place else, they tell you, "Look, there's a three percent fee at, attached to using your credit card for that." You know, for that grace.
2: Yeah. So um, if you pay a speeding ticket through the clerk's office, you'll pay. I think it's a three and a half percent processing fee. Exactly. Uh, Bill, would you support?
0: Yeah, changing
3: that. Looking at all the fees, it's fair to look at at the mm-hmm. fees. Uh, people pay and look at what the what the value of that service is and what many folks are saying is why is it with all the influx of new people that we're having to pay for the growth, why aren't other people paying for the growth? Well, there are certain things that people buy from government uh, that they pay for as a service and we don't have to necessarily charge market rate, but we can charge something more than we're charging now. Many of the fees have not been raised for 20 or 30 years it- and why the administration didn't even look at that before, I don't know.
1: Yeah, the parks and recreation fees are always difficult to raise. I think because you de- people without great means depend on those facilities to be able to provide summer camps and art camps and music camps and programs that that they can't necessarily afford otherwise.
3: But what's what um, Stephanie? I'll put words in your mouth, but what she said is something like, if if you pay sixty dollars for a summer camp uh, for the summer, um, the people who can't afford it can qualify to get it free. The people who can't afford it. If you raise it to $65, it's not like they're not going to send their kids, any of you who sent your kids to summer camp, know it's more than $60 for a week at any kind of private camp.
2: Now, I did want to bring up politics for a second because it's interesting what taxes do. Uh, they create strange bedfellows. So you have some council members here who are generally considered um, staunch allies of the mayor. I'm talking about, say, Charlie Miranda, uh, Louis Vieira and uh, Guido Maniscalco, they're opposed to the tax. Uh, but Alan Clendenin, who was recently elected despite the fact the mayor endorsed his opponent, and Lynn Hertek, who the mayor tried everything she could to get her uh, mother in law elected instead of Lynn Hertek, they're supporting the tax. So, can you explain the politics of all this? Uh, you all are, everybody's a Democrat on the city council, so it's not a partisan issue. But I I find it fascinating the way y'all's, the alliances seem to have shifted.
3: What's interesting on the budget advisory committee that Stephanie sits on, one of the appointees by Gwen Henderson, who's in favor of it, um, Councilmember Henderson, she, uh, her appointee was the person that the mayor wanted to be in the seat that that Lynn Hurtak is now in, and that person voted against it on the Budget Advisory Committee. Hmm. So I think everybody looks at it from a different perspective. The interesting thing here is it's unifying Republicans and Democrats. Um, Republicans are against it because they think it'll hurt the economy and hurt business. Uh, Democrats are worried because it's gonna hurt poor people. It's gonna cause rent- more renters to be uh, put out of their homes because they're gonna have to pay more money and it's gonna cause more inflation in our community. And if it sends the economy over the edge, we're going to have a lot more uh, people out of work, it's, which is going to cause many, many more problems than it will create and opportunities.
2: I think Guido Maniscalco at one of your meetings uh, mentioned the irony of a budget uh, that will make it uh, more costly to rent. Um, at the same time, at the, one of the justifications for it is to build more affordable housing. But as he pointed out, that, that new affordable housing won't come online for two or three more years, so it's not going to help folks now. Um, uh, so that, go ahead,
0: Stephanie. I, I want to I point out a couple things, and, and, and I'll, I'm gonna, I'd like to say something about Lynn as well. The East Camper CRA, when, the big thing about this budget is um, eight million of it will go to CRAs. What folks don't understand is 5.3 of that eight million will go to downtown and Channelside alone. Hmm. Okay, so it's just going to be a pittance going out to the rest. Um,
2: do you think I, that the rest of the city is subsidizing those two neighborhoods, then, Stephanie? Is, is that one oh, way I'm, to look at
0: this? I'm sorry, but yes. I'm sorry, yes. I mean, you know, the bottom line is that the CRAs are to cure slum and blight. And when do we decide that we don't have, when, when did they do, when have when they finished their job? And, and when do we stop subsidizing them? They both need a fire station, but yet, and they've got double pockets full of money.
1: I've never seen uh, anybody undo a CRA. They yeah, only seem oh, to add yeah. them.
0: That's right, exactly.
3: And, um, it, and what I say about CRAs is that they're for lazy policymakers. For example, some folks have pushed creating a CRA around Sulphur Springs. What, what CRAs really do is they promote real estate because the may, way they make money is real estate development. So my question is, would the people who live in Sulphur Springs like to have a whole row of 20-story expensive high rises along the river, because if that's what they want, then we can create a CRA. Otherwise, let's be smart about how we allocate the money. Let's put a cap on downtown and channel district CRAs and move the money to places that need it in the city.
2: And the water just, just to be clear, water street did get money from the CRA, correct? Yeah, the Jeff Buck, Vinnick and Bill Gates and
3: their the Buck, partners. The administration put in a hundred million dollars, um, which is probably the biggest subsidy ever in Tampa's history uh, for any kind of project and to be fair that went to um for reimbursement of infrastructure uh but but the, an argument could be made that um they did first of all they didn't even ask for the money and second um why would you volunteer such a huge amount of money um when it could be spent in other ways that that 100 million which we're still going to be paying for for the next few years could be spent to fix roads or sidewalks or whatever
1: well, let's be clear, though. Those, uh, it, to a certain extent, it did work. Those neighborhoods are transformed. Downtown is transformed. Channel side is the Channel District is completely transformed. You go down there; there's all kinds of things going on there. The point is, is that they are those exist to transform a neighborhood. Those neighborhoods has, have been transformed. Do we need to continue with this policy? Yeah. The, qu-
3: the question is, do we did we did it happen because of the CRA district, or did it be happen did it happen because the city focused on trying to promote development there? I think that that many of those developments would have happened without the subsidies. Um, and I'm not in favor of subsidizing companies or real estate development. Economic development also still is set up around bringing low-end jobs uh, and subsidizing these companies to bring the jobs. We need to look at a different model. We shouldn't be spending millions of dollars to subsidize these businesses. Instead we need to be focused on the infrastructure that leads to economic development. And what we know the infrastructure is in modern economic development is neighborhoods. Neighborhoods and people's ability to, to connect with their neighbors is what's driving economic development future because the best people that um, that work in companies and start companies live in great neighborhoods.
1: Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wavemakers and WMNF. Our guest is Tampa City Councilman. Uh, Bill Carlson, and and we're talking about the uh, mayor's proposed um, property tax increase. We have an email from Donald Royer. If you want to send an email about this, you can send it to dj at wmnf.org, or you can call 813-239-9663 to pose a question directly to Councilman Carlson. Um, So Donald has to say, this is a good, timely topic. Soon one can no longer say that Florida is cheaper to live than other areas. Look at all the present rates for housing insurance, car insurance, rent. A few years ago, they instituted a wastewater charge on one's water bill. It was supposed to be a temporary fee. It is now more than five years since it's levied and they never regress. Some of the developers um, get too many breaks. And that's what we're talking about now. Do you, Stephanie, what do you think? Do you feel like um, the developers in Tampa get too many breaks? Should we be putting some more of the burden on them?
0: I have a very serious bias. So I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to withhold my comment on that question. So what, what <laughs> happens I, I is do, that... I, I do want to say something that I think came up yesterday when I met with a, a bunch of ladies who are le- in leadership in, in East Tampa, that we need to look at those tracks of East Tampa where our poorest neighborhoods, not everybody there is poor, but mm-hmm. we need to look at our poorest neighborhoods and make sure that they, are, they have actually paid the taxes for this year. I mean, we have folks who haven't paid the taxes for this year, property owners, because they can't afford it and then we're going to pile on on top of them that's something that i think is really important as for development you know i i mean cities all over the country do it but the problem is we i mean it was in the news last week that that uh related group went to the west campus cra and said we need four and a half more million dollars to do this project why haven't they started on west west the west river project was in play long before the Hannah Street project, and Hannah Street is almost done.
3: The, pro- but, yeah, the problem with here- the problem with cities getting yeah. cities or counties getting involved with real estate development or any kind of subsidies is that one gets it and the others don't. So if one developer gets fifty or a hundred million dollars, and and ten others don't get anything, it's not fair. It doesn't create uh, a, a competitive marketplace for a Midtown.
2: Community. Got no subsidies. Got so no I, subsidies. Midtown's a is that a billion? I don't know if that's a billion. Yeah, more than a, it's going to
3: end up being more than a billion. And they're, and they're just starting what they're doing now.
2: When so that's Bill Gates getting a subsidy. So, so I, I do want to raise one <laughs> And Water that, Street. Yes, exactly. Um, because, you know, when you're rich, you, you always need more help. You know, you never run out of needing help. Um, some folks are concerned that increasing the property tax this year will hurt efforts in a couple of years to renew the community... Inve- the CIT, the community investment tax, uh, it's a half-cent sales tax that was passed 30 years ago for schools, roads. It, it helped build the, the Bucks a new stadium. Um, are you concerned about that, Bill?
3: Yeah, The CIT has a big impact on the city's budget, and um, I agree that if this goes through, it it will hurt that.
2: Um, because the voters will be asked again. Yeah, I, I think, I think what's
3: going to happen, uh, you know, anybody who studied Economics 101 knows that if this tax go up, goes up, look at the numbers, look at the real numbers, or look, look at the census data, or look at tampascorecard.com, you'll see that during the greatest boom, economic boom in, ta- in America's history, Tampa went sideways. The middle class in Tampa most of the last decade shrank, and the number of people in poverty increased. Homeownership rate has been flat for more than 10 years. Why? Because we've had the wrong economic strategies, and we spent money on frivolous things and subsidies that didn't work. We've got to redirect the money and spend it wisely. We've got to have RFPs and competitive bids. We've got to make sure we include uh, minority participation. Um, When we started in city council four years ago, something like 20, 30% of the contracts coming before us from the last administration were single bid. And we put our feet down and said, you can't do that anymore. We're wasting all kinds of money on these targeted bids, targeted RFPs. But uh, I want to say before we have to go politically, Um, This is an interesting dilemma. Um, uh, You know, Buckhorn, who raised taxes twice and tried to raise them two other times, most likely can never get elected anything again. Um, He could never switch to become a Republican because he raised taxes. As a Democrat, um, he wasted lots of money on frivolous things and hurt poor people in the African-American community. Um, so the, Mayor Castor has an interesting dilemma here. It, does she plan on running for anything else? She can't switch and run as a Republican because she would have no support if she ran for governor. Can she stay as a Democrat? Most likely not. So the problem is is the, her political operatives who are making one hundred sixty five hundred eighty thousand dollars $180,000 a year plus 10% raises are the ones running the city. And they're running it like a political machine, like a political campaign. And what they're doing is they're they're creating political suicide here because— if 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 she wins tonight and she gets six votes in favor of her tax, she can never run for anything again. If she if she compromises and gets uh, half a mil or even point one mil, she also can never run again because she will be seen as weak. She'll be as soon as that vote goes through. If she gets anything less than a mil, she'll be labeled as a lame duck and she'll never be able to run for anything again. And she might not have any power the next four years. And we're going to try to cut the budget of her political operatives because. What they're doing is illegal. They're calling people in the community, telling them that we're against black people, that we're against poor people, that we're against the police. They're making up all kinds of stories. You cannot buy state law, get, get paid by a government agency with taxpayer money and get engaged in politics. You can't do that. And we're going to stop it.
1: Let's go to um, the phones again and some emails. We have an email from Annie Ellis, who is the host of the Sustainable Living Show on Mondays on WMNF, uh, one of WNS' great um, news and public affairs shows. And she says, I fully support the support the Arts Council funding of 66000 66, and the additional 2500 matching funds instead of using it for shortfalls in the county's basic services like transportation and public safety. We need the arts. So Annie is talking about County County is talking about cutting funding for the the, the Arts Council, but Bill, you also are a big supporter of the arts. Tell us about that. Is there there funding in the city budget for the arts, and and how important is that to the community?
3: There's a little bit of funding for the arts. We need to increase it. What we know for sure, I've I've facilitated roundtables of hundreds of uh, CEOs of tech companies, and what we know is that the arts are inextricably tied to the innovation economy and tech businesses. Ask any person, any CEO of a company that employs programmers, and ask them what is the best major that a programmer can study. And it's not STEM, it's not anything related to STEM, it is music. And the reason why is it's easier to teach a musician how to code than it is to teach a coder how to understand harmonies. And software development is about harmonizing with other software. And so, if we cut off the arts and we don't support the arts, we're killing the innovation and the future of our economy.
1: Let's go back to Stephanie. Um, Stephanie, just forwarded This is you're watching things happen in real time, folks. Here, it looks like Stephanie um, just received an email from um, Dennis Ruggiero, who is chief financial officer of the city of Tampa, that is is showing um, talking about that says the location of the additional one millage revenue in the F. FY 2024 recommended budget, Stephanie. I can't open the attachment, but can you tell us what it says?
0: Well, it, it's very interesting because there's 53 million dollars. They've set aside um, eight million for the the um, CRA's, and then it, there's another 88.4 million going to debt service under Utility Services Tax Fund. Not real sure what we own debts for. Um, we've got the housing adds up to about. Five point seven million.
1: Five point seven um, million.
0: Yeah, that's a little short of the ten point five that it should be. Um, let's see the capital reserves. They've got sixty uh, six six point six million in capital reserves for fire, and then they've got six uh, four point three in parks and rec, and then they've got another thirteen million in capital reserves for the local option ca- gas tax. Well, I'm trying to figure out why. The the utilities services tax fund is a spending uh, is a place where they put money they're going to spend, but that doesn't tell us where it's going. And the utilities services um, the local option gas tax capital project fund is also a spending, but it's not divided out, so you don't know where it goes. It's thirteen million, but which ones of those projects are going to be funded from it? I'm not real sure. But I just received this with. From um, uh, CFO Rahero in the last five minutes or so, and I, I think it's interesting because it, it, it's you know if you're telling us the money's going to four areas, I don't see public safety on there. Yeah, I was gonna, is it's
1: transportation? Around. What about transportation? Is there transportation? No,
0: there's not. It, I mean, I would imagine that they're going to probably pull it from that um, CIT project fund, but you know you can't see that. So
3: and, and I think they're also counting on CRA money to be. Push, put in that and they're counting the CRA money toward housing, which city council put in, not the administration. By the way, when they talk about transportation, a lot of people think they mean mass transit. And in this case, the city probably will never have money right. for that. And so the what they're talking about is repairing roads that are full of potholes and putting sidewalks in and sometimes doing complete streets. But, um, but the basics haven't been covered for years. Um, we should have been re- uh, fixing roads ten or fifteen years ago. Instead, we've got uh, a lot of years of uh, neglect.
1: Um, Stephanie, I'm going to um, let you go now because we've got a- another caller. We just yeah, got a I few mean, minutes. Yeah. Thanks for calling Thanks. and I appreciate Thanks, your Stephanie. addition to the conversation. Um, Deandria, you are on the line. Uh, tell us what's on your mind.
0: Yes, hello. I was curious. Uh, I know that the uh, mass, or, excuse me, the transportation bill, a portion of uh, money is just for potholes and roads, but is there any appetite for examining uh, uh, gig drivers, people who deliver, sometimes construction stuff, if not, as well, people? And then as well, waste management and how that is all oriented and maybe how it can be improved. If, I, I, I've seen a recycling program uh, set up through TampaCity.net, which is very exciting. I was just curious, is there any more? Is that all?
3: I mean, if anybody has any specific ideas you can email them to me at bill at tampa. be happy to talk to you about this more um, on the gig drivers i don't I don't know what this specific idea is I'm happy to look at it and and talk to them more about it but really within this city budget they're talking about um Rep, uh, repairing potholes it'll we, we, with the budget we have now it'll
2: take us a hundred years to repair the streets in the city
1: which I you know
2: and that's literally true I mean there are a 100 year schedule. Right, that's it, According yeah. to
1: the mayor, yeah. That, yeah, that's correct. And potholes, um, are, it's good for cars, but honestly, it just makes cars go faster. You know, <laughs> when you repair the potholes, so it's not, that's not a safety improvement. That's good for the cars, yes, that is good. It makes it easier to drive, but it also makes it easier to drive fast. But think so about. So they're if, almost like free, free speed bumps.
3: If, if economic <laughs> development, if the new model of economic development is, is quality of life, It's not subsidizing companies from outside. It's not about creating esoteric training programs for companies. It is about quality of life. If You create the quality of life, people will create the, the entrepreneurial environment to make the community successful. How does a $220 million office building add to the quality of life of the people in Tampa?
2: Well, the only way it does is if it increases the uh, tax base and uh, provides uh, funding uh, for programs that will improve the quality of life and I think one of the things I hear from my neighbors uh, when I go to next door, which is sometimes a scary place to go, but <laughs> what they 're talking about is we they're they 're fine with the development boom that's going on, but they 're not crazy about the transportation problems that that boom is causing, but they figured okay the Tax base is going to increase, and that's going to help us in the long run, you know? Rising tide lifts all boats and all that. But that's not happening in this case because of the community redevelopment districts.
3: And specifically, just so everybody knows, we're talking about downtown and Channel District. Right. The East Tampa, West Tampa ones we need. We need the Ybor ones, which only have about 10 years left. But downtown and Channel District have no slum and blight. And even if you built affordable housing, philosophically, it makes sense to build affordable housing there. But if it costs 10 times as much, that means you could build 10 times more affordable housing just outside the periphery of downtown. Somebody
2: said the reason they haven't built a fire station in the Channel District, even though the city says they need one, is because the real estate's too expensive. (laughs) <laughs> Which suggests it's not blighted anymore. The,
3: the bottom line in all of this, as Stephanie has said, is we need to demand transparency and accountability from the administration. Why is it that the day of the vote, we're finally getting some answers to some of the information that we've requested in the past? And much of the information we've asked for has been rejected. They're not going to get it for us. Our committee, which has been meeting monthly with the staff, has been refused information they needed, and they were blindsided about the tax increase. City Council was blindsided by the tax increase. We all agree that these five things are the most important. City Council has been pushing for these things for four years at least. And now suddenly the administration says their priorities and their political operatives are going around telling our constituents that we're against these things because we're not in favor of the tax increase. In fact, it's the opposite. If we stop wasting money on things like Hannah Avenue, we would and if we would put contracts out for bid and have competitive bids, we'd have the money to be able to spend on the things the community wants.
1: Uh, So we're out of time. And thanks for being with us so much today, um, Bill. Uh, Tonight is the vote. What time is the vote? 5:01
3: 5:01 p.m., you can show up and speak in public, comment in person.
1: Okay. Um, stay tuned. Up next is um, Alternative Radio. Um, followed by Harrison Nash. Followed by Harrison Nash. This is WMNF Tampa. <laughs>